sin. And if someone is wondering, why have I gone around this sort of like, I mean, sorry? To think about it. And then at times to relate the things that we come across on a, in, in the Word of God on a daily basis. Let's practicalize what we're talking about. I mean, I, I, if we've got this calendar and we know this is the month of remembrance and we know that God says that the Lord Almighty has sworn, surely as he has planned, as I have planned, the Lord says, so it will be and as I have purposed, so it will stand. Now, if we allow ourselves to feed on this word on a daily basis, if we allow ourselves to meditate on this word on a daily basis, today is the 14th day of the month. If on a daily basis you and I wake up in the morning and we remember that the Lord has said that surely as he has planned today, so it shall be. Surely as he has proposed, it will stand. Can you imagine as, you begin to, as it begins to get into you as an individual and it becomes, to, it becomes your reality? Because you can shape your reality. You can shape your future. So often we just are, what do I call it? I call, I call our minds dumping grounds for garbage. Ah, yes. Dumping ground for garbage. That's what the TV does at times. Ooh, okay. I mean, if I... If I ask the same number of hands, there are some people that will remember all the things I was soap yesterday. And who won't strictly come dancing yesterday? And who was on X Factor yesterday? Am I dialing some numbers now? And those programs were on for at least the better part of one hour, two hours. They call it, um, what do I call it? What is, they call it, um, there's a terminology they use for it now. Reality TV. That's, that's it, isn't it? Reality shows, reality TV. And they encourage you and I to dial and support whoever you're voting for someone, isn't it? And each time you pick up that phone, you dial, what happens? Why do you think these people are making money? Do you think they lose out on these things? So not only do they fill our minds with garbage. Hey, I've got no, don't, don't, don't ask Channel 4, Channel 2, come see me this morning. We're still linking it back to knowledge of the word. As I have purposed. So it will stand. And I'm just linking it from the fact that we've got this, we've invested in it. Use it, please. Read it. Let it minister life to you. This is the month of remembrance. And if we wake up on a daily basis and say to ourselves and to say to the Lord, Lord, you have promised that this is the month of remembrance. And today you have promised that as you have sown, so as you have planned, so it will be. And as you have purpose, it will stand. Everything, I commit my ways to your hands this day, Lord. And the promises and your plans for me will come to pass as you have ordained in your word. You would, no longer be, you would no longer be sort of like tossed to and fro because you know in whom you have believed. There's a confidence that comes by knowing in whom you have your trust. When we do the will of God, we will do what? Obtain the promise. The Bible says, in everything give thanks. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. It says, cast not away your confidence. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. Cast not away your confidence, for you have great reward of... Yeah? For you have great reward. Do not throw away your confidence. Now, at times when I start these things, I start quoting in King James. But, okay, do not throw away your confidence. That's because, that's because I learned some of these scriptures in King James. Now, there's nothing wrong with NIV. We thank God and I've been using it. But somehow... The things that you have there in the background where you anchored, you know. So you know those of us when we start saying, Kastner's are we there, you know where we've come from. You know, and it's, it's a bit archaic English, but yeah, it helps us to remember some of these things. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. Why? Verse 36. 
You need to persevere. You need to persevere. You and I need to walk persevere. So that when we have done the will of God, we will obtain, we will receive what he has promised. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither is it the son of man that he would change his mind. He has a plan. He has a purpose for you and I. And in this month of December, he says this is a month of remembrance. I am amazed. I don't know what has happened to the 12. Well, I, I know what has happened. But what I'm saying is I cannot believe the speed at which the year 2014 has gone, spread by. And you know what? If I think back, that's the same speed 2013 went. And if I think further back, that's the same speed 2012 went. And if I think back, that's the same speed. In fact, you think back and you think back and you start thinking, well, there's some people in the church that were our flower girls and bridesmaids that are married and they have children now. And I'm thinking, help, where's all those years gone? Christ the Tabernacle will be celebrating his 25th anniversary next year, March. I'm sitting thinking, where has that gone? Because the Bible says a thousand days or a thousand years. And in the eyes of the Lord, it's just like yesterday. That's why those who are older, 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 older parents will say, it's yesterday. That's why Apostle also teases and says it from time It was like yesterday where we all met. But God is faithful. And in the month of remembrance, we need to recognize that as we devote ourselves to the things of God, as we focus, it's also a time for reflection. We know that God is able. See, sometimes we, I think I said it about two weeks ago, we, we like throwing pity parties. You know what a pity party is? Why me? So I'm praying in the morning, is, why me, Lord? Why me, Lord? Why me, Lord? Why me, Lord? If not you, who? Well, it depends. And at times, when we meet each other and we say, hello, how are you doing? Oh, I'm managing. Well, it's nice to be a manager. I don't know why people don't say, I'm supervising. <laughs> or I'm directing. <laughs> say, I'm managing. Well, it's nice to manage. If you're managing, you're managing some people. It depends on what you're managing. But people always look at it, as I said last time, in life, a number of people are so pessimistic that the cup is always half empty. Say how much they never see beyond the negativity. All that's in the mind. If we think back a few uh, 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 in, in scriptures now, in the book of Joshua, no, it wasn't in the book of Joshua. It was in the in the book of um, Numbers when when um, Moses sent out the children of some spies. Which book? Numbers, yes? Numbers, yes. Sent out spies to do what? To spy the land. Let's look into that. Numbers, Numbers chapter, is it 11 or 12? Uh, where am I? Numbers, Numbers. That's not what I would written down, but we'll touch on that before we go into what I was... Numbers, spies, what's it? Have I missed it completely? Help me now, Sunday school students. And uh, who's there? Sorry, thirteen, thirteen. All right, that's fine. That wasn't too far. Actually, if I wrote that in an exam, I would still have failed. <laughs> Numbers 11 is not Numbers 13. Okay, he says, send out some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am given to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. So the instructions here from God to Moses is, send out leaders. Send out people who, by all definition, are they know what is expected. They know what to do. They, they are they're the people who would influence others. They are seasoned. They're mature. Am I, I, what attributes do, do, you, do, you, do, you, do you associate with a leader? 
he, he knows where he's going. He, someone who you allow to lead you is someone who must know where he's going. He has vision. So if you start allowing others to lead you that do not have vision, I wonder where you are. You know, that's, and I'll, I'll say this all the time, you, where do you take your lead from? Where do you take your, um, your inspiration from? Who do you allow to lead you? Who do you allow to lead you? Do you allow the things on the media to lead you? Or in the media to lead you? Do you allow the messages from politicians to lead you? Do you allow the messages from the TV to lead you? Because there's trying. All these things around us are gra- trying to grab our attention. Do you allow the adverts about Christmas to lead you? And we'll come on to that in a few minutes. I've got nothing against Christmas. How many people know Jesus was not born on 25th of, Mar- of December? You know that, don't you? But it's still right for us to celebrate the fact that the Lord gave his only begotten son to this earth. So there's nothing wrong with Christmas inherently that we have set aside a day to mark that Christ was born. Yes? But we know he wasn't born on the 25th. So don't let anyone confuse you. So when people start arguing and starting off from the angle of and saying to you, oh, but what do you believe? Jesus was not. Yeah, you say, yeah, that's true. But we've set aside a day. How many people know that in this country, the queen's official birthday is different from the day she was born? Okay. You know that, don't you? Are we doing some bit of history and, and, and government and politics and everything together here? Because we have decided as, an, as a nation that they will, will set aside a day for what we call official commemoration. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it's the same day she was born. But we've decided to celebrate on a specific day. So that's exactly, I've just brought in to modern day sort of like speak. 25th of December is a day that was decided that let's celebrate the gift of the, of the Lord Jesus Christ to this world. So when people start arguing with you, start from a position of strength. Because at times they try and shake our theology. Okay, that's not where I was going. Was that a digression? Take that as an extra. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, stay with me, please. I know it's, it's morning. And I know it's getting warm. Perhaps we should turn on the air conditioning. Is it, is it air conditioning time? It was still plus today, this morning when I checked. The, it was plus four degrees when we were coming in. It was plus eight, you see. And right now in this place, it feels like plus 25. It's, if it's too warm, some of us will start to sleep. So check your neighbors. Your neighbors are not enough. If you were not on night duty yesterday, you should not be asleep at this time. Because actually you're doing yourself a disservice and a disfavor. If you've taken time to get out of your house and your home and your bed, and all you've done is to transfer the bed to the pews in Christ, you've just... You could have stayed back and come for the next service that starts at 12.30. Is that okay? Have I gotten a few people awake then? Are you alert now? Be your neighbor's keeper. So when your neighbor is nodding out slightly, just nudge them. Not in a sort of like aggressive way that everybody was like, oh, what's going on? You know. Encourage your neighbor. Be each other's. Don't say, oh, he must be tired. He went on night duty. Then he should go home or she should go home and sleep properly. And not deny yourself. Don't, that's double punishment. I don't know about you, but if I'm feeling sleepy, if I don't sleep, I get a headache. And I've got news for you. I know what they call power nap. I can sleep for five minutes and I'll be wide awake. If you don't know how to do that, you need to learn it. Where were we? We were talking about, (laughs) praise the Lord. The Lord is good. Well, greetings from Apostle this morning. I'd just like to let you know that very, very quickly. He's with the the team in, where? Berlin. And I'm sure we've been praying for him. Yes, we need to know that. We need to know that whenever he's with us or he's not with us, we need to lift him up in prayer. 
We need to trust God and begin to bless God all the time for him. We're talking here about sending out spies. And there were leaders. And I said, just to link back, I've not lost you. I said, you need to be careful who you allow to lead you. In this instance, Moses was asked to identify some leaders. People who would lead, who who would go and spy the land. And they were going to come back and tell, and they were going to confirm something. God says, I am sending you into the land that is... Let's go on, go on, then the next verse. It says, so, I mean, commanded, it, it, well, let me, let me look at this very quickly myself in there. The next verse, verse 4, four. so the names... From the tribe of Reuben, Shammah, they, they listed them, all of them, about 12 of them. I'll cut this story short because I'll go through. If you want to read through the context of it, please go back home. Ultimately, these 12 men, these 12 spies went into the promised land. Now, let's think this through carefully. They were in Egypt. God say, said to them through Moses, I am leading you. I'm sending you to the land that is flowing with milk and honey. The angel of the Lord will go ahead of you. My angel will go ahead of you. That's what the Lord said to them. Says no one will be able to stand before you all the days. You know, all of those, all of those. But he said, that was a promise, by the way, that was a promise to Joshua after Moses had departed. But effectively, the names of all these individuals who were leaders, there were 12 of them representing the tribes of Israel. And they went into the land. I started this account from how do you, what's your outlook on life? God has promised you certain things. What's your outlook on life? They went into the land and when they came back, what was the reports? Let's move to the end of that chapter now. Go on, the reports. Reading from 26. So they came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and the whole assembly and showed them what? The fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us. It does flow with milk and honey. With an exclamation mark. Now, Good students of the Bible, grammar, English, watch this carefully. They could have said, it flows with milk and honey. That sentence would have been correct. Are, we, are you with me? If that sentence says, it flows with milk and honey, it could have been correct. There's nothing grammatically wrong with it. There's a word there that causes me to pause. Say it does flow. So they're saying we can confirm that what God said is true. Are you with me? So these leaders have said, they've come back to say, you know what God promised us? We didn't see, we didn't know, but we have now gone there. God is true. The land does flow with milk and honey. It does. God is not a man that he should lie. He is true. That land flows with milk and honey. And here is its fruit. Now go on. But the people, this is always a problem. When people start off and they, they, they start off something and they use the word but or the word however. There's always a... Uh, Did God say the people there would not be powerful? Actually, God never said anything about the people who were there. When God gave them the land, when he said, I'm giving you the land, God never said. He said, said, I'm giving you the land and you you, you would overcome whoever. So the first part, they've confirmed. Does flow with milk and honey. Then the next part, they say, but the people who are there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. And we even saw the descendants of Anak there. If you go into scriptures, we know that these are giants and the next verse the Amalekites live in Negev, the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites live in the hill country and the Canaanites live near the sea along the Jordan and the next verse 
And then Caleb silenced the people before Moses. Caleb did what? He silenced the people before. Because he could suddenly realize. If you skip back a couple of verses there. It does flow with milk and honey. And these are its fruits. They confirmed the word of God in two sentences. But the negativity was going on in a few more verses. So they were trying immediately to build up the negativity, the impossible. So Caleb had to quickly jump up and say, hey, I know where these people are going. I know that they must have been discussing it on their way back. So when they sent the twelve to spy the land on their way back, they must have been comparing notes. Say, okay, how are we going to deliver this message? And so Caleb would have known and had an insight into where they were going. Because they had been discussing it on their way back. They couldn't have gone and come back in silence, would they? Are you with me? Are you still staying with me? Am I still here? And you are here as well. Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for certainly, we certainly can do it. And the next verse. But the men who had gone up with him said, We can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. Did God ever say anything about them being stronger than the other people? It wasn't a case of strength. It's not by power. It's not by might. But my spirit says the Lord. This is a month of remembrance. That's where we started. Actually, this isn't what, this isn't what I really prepared to share with us this morning. But I, we've just gone down the fact that a number of us did not remember that this is a month of remembrance. Or if we did, we did not remember that God says in this month, as he has proposed, so it shall be. What God has ordained, so it shall be. The Lord Almighty has son, surely as I have planned, so it will be. And as I have purposed, so it will stand. Now we read this in the book of Isaiah. Because God is an unchanging God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He remains the same. You and I change. God doesn't change. His promises are true. What he said yesterday holds firm for today. I mean, scientists can go and disprove and prove and do all sorts of things from day to day in terms of the theory of this and theory of that. They're still finding, there's always a big challenge. We still have this law of gravity, whatever goes up, apart from age. Did you know that? Is that a revelation? Whatever goes up comes down, but I, I mean, I've been trying to get my age down for a few years now. It just increases by at the rate of 60 seconds a, a minute. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's a new one. I can see some people thinking, wow, that's interesting. Age doesn't go. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Well, I mean, if you, if you don't know, we used to have these jokes. We say, what goes up and never comes down. And everybody say, what goes up and never comes down. It's age. It's your age. Yeah, it's your age. It never goes. It goes up. Can anyone think of anything else that goes up and doesn't come down? Okay. Keep thinking. Stay with me. Are you still with me? The Lord is good. And God is a great God. Hallelujah. Stay with me. So the Lord has promised, so it shall stand. So the same thing in the book of Numbers. You find 12 people going to spy the land. And two people came back and said, the cup is half full. Ten people came back and said, ooh, ooh, it's half empty. That was the same challenge that was faced by the children of Israel when Goliath faced the children of Israel. And they said, and Goliath said, send me a man. Send me a man. If he defeats me, we shall be your servants. If I defeat him, you, Israelites, will be our servants. And they were all quivering. They were all running about, including Saul. There was a boy called David. He was a small lad. Or so the, so the Bible says. In fact, so much so that when, when he decided, he said, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who is contending with God? What circumstance in your life is contending with God? 
this month is the month of remembrance. God says, as I have planned, so it will be. But for you to understand who you are in Christ, you need to spend time to meditate on the word. Because David said something. He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? The uncircumcised Philistine, he was saying that, who is this giant who doesn't have a covenant with the Almighty God? What is this situation that has no place in God's promises concerning me? But for you to know that that situation has no place in God's promises concerning you, you need to know what God's word says about you. We need to understand the position we have been called into. It's a privileged position. It's a position of authority, a position of, of immense the benefits that come with it. And there are obligations as well. We have an obligation. That's why Joshua was received that instruction. This book of the law will not depart from your mouth. But you will meditate on it day and night. And you must be careful, Joshua, to do all that is written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. A number of us want to be prosperous and successful without fulfilling the condition. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you wonder why you don't have the right things when what comes out of the heart. Because the Bible says, out of the heart, out of, out of the heart flows the issues of life. So you either speak life into your, into, your, into your day, or you speak death into your day. In the book of Numbers, those ten leaders were speaking death to the whole congregation of Israel. They were saying the land does flow with milk and honey. The land does flow with milk and honey. The land does flow with milk and honey. But the men, what have you introduced as a but in your life? This is the month of God's remembrance. He says as he has planned so it shall be. He doesn't change. What was it that the Lord spoke to you in the month of January? So January is gone, gone February, March, April, May. Is it because God doesn't want to do it? See, more often than not, most of us have just thrown ourselves pity parties. I always say something. When you've written an exam, and I'm on, I'm on the wavelength right now, isn't it? So, you know if you've passed or you've failed the minute you write it. And you know when you're asking for grace. You know, we, did, we did one yesterday on, uh, on our corporate finance. We had, it was a three-hour paper. Lovely. It was a nice three-hour paper. And after approximately two hours, 15 minutes, I was finished. And I came out and someone said, oh, you finished? I said, yeah. I mean, there are a few people who finished. I said, look, the truth is this. You either know it or you don't. You can't, there's no amount of chewing the pen that would make you understand the rest. So whatever I said, what I've known, what I know, I have written. And after I've finished I leave because if I sit down there for the next 45 minutes, it makes no difference. There's no inspiration that will come. You either know that one plus one is two or you don't. Okay. But the only way you can be confident in terms of what you write is what you have studied and your preparation. And most of the time, the problem with you and I is we don't spend enough time preparing. You, it's true. When you prepare... You know, the results are different. Because when you prepare for the exams, the night before the exams, you sleep. When others are doing last minute, you're comfortable. And the only way you can do that is by ensuring that you revise as you go along. How many people know the law of the farm? Have you heard about the law of the farm? Okay, let me share this with you. I know there are no farmers in the room, or are there? Are there any farmers in the room? I'm not talk talking about those who studied at Greek. Just an academic degree. I'm talking about farmers. 
Now, every farmer would know, or you will know that every farmer, there's a season for sowing, and there's a season for harvest. So most of the time, sowing season is regarded as we sort of months. When do, pe- when do they normally sow? Yeah, is it the autumn? Yeah? Springtime. They sow in springtime. So in spring, just uh, in, in the winter period, you know, just when the ground starts to break, you know, after the, uh, in, in the UK. Let's, let's put the context in the UK. Let's not see if anybody else knows what the farming conditions are. But let's, so when, when the ground is fertile, then they're sort of like stared up. And, they, this, and the idea is that when, whatever you plant needs some time to mature. Now, have you ever seen a farmer who wants to harvest in the harvest period, which is round about just before autumn, after summer, just before autumn? Have you ever seen a farmer who decides to plant and sow in the month of June and hopes to harvest in October? Doesn't happen. Because it's the law of nature. That's what they refer to at times, the law of the farm. Law of nature. There's a time for sowing and there's a time for reaping. And someone put it this way, interestingly enough, said, can you imagine that the day a woman gives birth to a child, the child comes out fully and says, and gets off the bed and says, thank you, mommy. And starts to run around. Because there's a time for development. And there's a time for the child to walk. Time for the child to speak. Now, forget all the norms. Oh, the child should have been doing this at this time. I've said every child is unique. Every child is unique. Thank God. Women, you would know this. Every single child, the labor is different. There's no amount of experience. I'm not talking from experience. now. I'm just talking from what I've heard. You'd be concerned if I was speaking from experience. But, but I am told, reliably told, that each child is different. And actually, because I've been there alongside my wife four times, I know that the, the, each child was different. Very, very different. The, the labor period, it, because each child is unique. You are unique. God's plans and purposes for you is unique. It's designed for you. But God says, as he has planned concerning What he has planned concerning you. So there are billions of people on earth. God thinks about you. You matter. You're not immaterial to God. God is concerned about you. Are we concerned about him? Are we prepared to pay the price? And usually when we talk about the price, everyone thinks about pain. No. Not talking about price and pain. I'm talking about commitment into the things that God has ordained for us to do. Whoever gives heed to instruction does what? Prospers. It's along all parts and all facets. It applies in all areas. It applies in the time of giving. This is a season of giving. And I, I said something about coming back to the issue of Christmas. What I have this one thing I have against Christmas, commercialization. They call them stocking fillers. Am I dialing anyone's number now? You know, you know what I call stocking fillers? You know, am I, am I the only one who, who sees what's going on? You know what they call stocking fillers? They're those things that nobody needs, but they want to put it as a gift. And they usually get damaged after... Actually, a number of us have those stocking fillers from five years ago, clogging up space in our houses. In fact, I've got news for you. Some people have so much junk. I'm guilty of it as well. So much junk in the house that they now go off and some people have discovered that there's a way of making money off you and I. You know how? They call them yellow storage. Because when you fill your own house and there isn't enough space to fill it with things, they'll tell you, come and pay five pounds for this small space. Rent a space. You've had the things in there for the last two years. You've not opened it once. 
Who's fooling who? And you're sitting there talking about Divara. You are actually, with your own hands, the goods that you have in there are not worth the pay, what you're paying to store it, to keep it. We need a large cardboard sale. Someone put it in this way. If you've got a shirt, amen now. If you've got a tie, you've got shoes. In fact, I, I'll share this with you. I'll share this with you. I bought a pair of shoes. This is practical. I bought a pair of shoes some years ago. Because, I mean, most of the time with men, you just, oh, that's, that's a nice, okay, when this one's. Somehow, I left it in the box. And I forgot about it. And the first time I brought it out, after about maybe about four years, and my feet did not grow. I mean, you know, you've reached an age now where the, if you buy it now, it will still be there. The feet, are, it's not going anywhere. But because it, it was brand new and it was in the box for that long, for some strange reason, it had gone brittle. And the first time I used it, it broke. And I was asking myself the question. Actually, it would have been better for me if I'd bought that and I'd given it away at that time. It meant that I didn't need it. I wanted it. How many things do we have in the wardrobes that we want, not need? How many things do we have in our homes that we want and not need? In fact, I suspect that a lot of us have a fortune in our homes. Okay, let's dial some numbers. Now, you know those bags that you bought a few years ago that you're looking for the matching pair of shoes? That was three years ago, sister. And by the time you find the shoes, the bag has gone out of fashion. You actually intended to look for the matching shoes. Or it was the shoes. It's now been waiting for a matching bag. And after, someone put it this way. Someone said once that, they talked about one person who got into debt, big time. Said, what was the problem? They said, oh, it was actually when my wife and I decided to change the curtains in the home. Said, what do you mean change curtains? Said, yes, when we changed the curtains, we suddenly discovered that the sofa was looking haggard. So we had to change the sofa. And when we changed the sofa, we suddenly discovered that the carpet was not right. So we had to change the carpet. And when we changed the carpet, we discovered that the, you know, the other piece of furniture, the TV, is outdated now. And that's how they got into death. It was all to do with the curtains. They call it creep, isn't it? So commercialization is what I have against Christmas. In a desire to give people gifts, we buy things that people do not need. Those toys that we sometimes get, it, within, within a week, they're in the scrap yard. And I keep asking myself, who's been enriched here? But when it comes to us being faithful in the things of God, we sometimes sort of like, you know, I know this is a season of giving. I'm not discouraging you from giving, but I'm saying give tangibly. And giving right and giving tangibly doesn't mean going to buy the most expensive present. But I always ask, if I cannot find something some I believe an individual would need, I would rather not give. It's not a crime. My wife and I have been married for over 20 years now. We've still got some wedding presents unopened. It's a problem, isn't it? Yes. And it's there in the garage. You see what I mean by... We, we need a cardboard sale. Or better still, we need to find out. In fact, these days, I, when someone wants it, I say, don't buy anything. Do you want to come and check just in case we have what you need? It might not... It, it's okay. Yeah? You need to sometimes ask people rather than get people who are getting on the ladder, maybe young families, and just think through what's going It's okay to recycle. 
It's okay to recycle. It's, it's wise to recycle. I'm not saying make sure the shoes are turning upside down before you recycle them. No, that's not what I'm talking about. It's all right to recycle. It's about being good stewards of the treasures that God has given unto you. You and I have been gifted with treasures. God has given to us treasures. In this season as well, don't let, watch it. Watch your, if, you're, if you're not disciplined enough, I say to people, leave your credit card and your wallets at home. And your debit cards. Leave it at home. It's okay to go. I, I like window shopping. <laughs> Just leave your credit cards, your debit cards, and your money at home. You can window shop to your heart's content. Some people say, I like to window shop. It's okay. It's all right to window shop. And you know those things that you bought. I said, if I don't like it, I'll change your, my mind. You took it home. You hung it. And it looked good in the wardrobe. <laughs> 28 days later, you can't take it. Oh, okay. I'll keep it then. You only wanted it. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches. And some of us do that to our detriment because in the process we begin to rob God. What does the book of Malachi say? Chapter 3. Verse 10. Will a man rob me? Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But how, you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offering. Oh, I've got to buy presents this month of December. So my tithes and my offerings, you know, I'll defer it. Ah, help. Whoever gives it to instruction does what? We don't talk too much about tithes and offerings in Christ's tabernacle. We usually don't teach enough about it. Not because we, we don't want it to be... We, we, don't, we try not to overdo it because we've noticed that a, a few people overdo it. They talk about, but it's, it's wrong for us as well as a church not to explain because it doesn't mean there isn't, there isn't a need for us to understand that as Christians we have an obligation to give our tithes and our offering because it's God's, God's requir, God requires that of us. It's a requirement. God requires it of us. And in this season of giving as well, when we think about the fact that the reason for the season is who? Jesus. That's why I don't like the word Xmas. Christ is not an unknown quantity. In mathematics, X is usually used to refer to an unknown quantity. Christ is not an unknown. It is not happy Xmas. Is that news to you? Okay, we do some things as a habit. You didn't know. So you've signed all those cards. Happy Xmas. Don't worry. You can send new ones saying happy Christmas. Don't worry now. I will ask you to go and buy new cards. But it's not Xmas. Because in mathematics, when we use X, it's usually for an unknown quantity. Am I right? Am I you want to find out a, a function. You say x equals y plus. You know. So x, find x. Christ is not an unknown quantity x. And it's not Malcolm x either. It's not x factor either. Because x could be anything. We're talking about celebrating the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, he, the Lord God Almighty given to us in this season. A savior to reconcile man to God. So Jesus is the reason for the season, not X. And if Jesus is the reason for the season, we also understand that it's a season of giving. And God gave his ultimate. God gave Christ that you and I might be reconciled to him. And for those of us who are in him, God gave us this season to share the love of Christ with others so that others might come to the knowledge of him. That's our primary duty, our primary role. It's a season for giving and exchanging gifts as well. That's nice. That's lovely. In fact, I've always, I've always said this, and it's time to look around in the church. I always encourage people, individuals. We know traditionally in this country we don't have public transport on Christmas Day. But it's also okay to ensure that you find all those with cars who drive to church on their own and tell that individual, you pick me on your way to church 
on the 25th. In fact, one of the things we used to do, and I still believe we should encourage and I'll announce it now, is actually that Christmas Day, no man should go and spend it on their own. If you're a student, you're single, find a family and say to that family, don't wait for them to invite. Just say to them, I'm spending Christmas lunch with you. So after church, I'm going home with you. Because it's a season for giving and sharing. So we're going somewhere. We will go together. It's not, ah, it's love. Because I can assure you in this house that nobody, you won't say to anyone, we're going somewhere. And there's, the, the, nobody will tell you we're going. Actually, actually, I, I was saying this a few, a few I, I mean, I know we, we've gotten ourselves so busy. It used to be the case. Uh, and we need to find a way of getting some of those ingredients back. That when an individual comes to church for the first time, they would never go back home without going to someone's home with them. Usually what we used to do is that someone visits the church for the first time, lunch that day, you're going, some member is engaging you and they're saying, come to my home for lunch. It was easy anyway. Most of us were students, so, we are, so actually free lunch was... But it was more than that. It was linking and making that connection. And most people were there. You just, you just find out that this Sunday you're going to lunch with this family in this family. The next, and they're struggling. They're struggling over you very quickly. Oh, we wanted to invite you. Okay, next Sunday after church you are coming with us. Oh, I don't know how to. I'll come and pick you. That's how we grew. That's how we started. And that's still there. But at times it also means saying to people boldly because of the relationship, I'm coming to your house for dinner. It's okay. If we're drinking Gary, we'll all drink the Gary together. I'm not saying go away and spend a fortune. Whatever you find in that, you eat it together. You share it together. But in this season as well, we need to remember that we should not rob God. So don't increase your budget of giving. Oh, God says I should give. So I'm giving a lot of people and we've forgotten that our tithes and our offerings are number one. Our God is good. It set me off in a completely different direction this morning. Simply because we did not remember that as God has promised, so he will do. As he has sown, as he has purposed, so it shall be. Because not enough people raised up their hands to tell me very, very early on that they remember what Isaiah 14 verse 24 says. And most of us have the calendar. I've got news for you. The calendars for 2015 are ready. How about that? I thought someone was going to clap. But they're not there for just display. And it will make a very good Christmas present to someone who doesn't have, who does, someone who doesn't. So if you send that as a Christmas present, it's a nice, cutting, um, nice what do you have, stocking filler. Because it's one that lasts the whole year. I'm not marketing, I'm not campaigning. You know what, I haven't even seen it yet. But I know it's around. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I know it's available. Do we have it in the bookshop today? We've got the 2015 calendars. And you will find out how much it costs. And I'm sure when you go there, you find out, and you find out how much it costs. You just decide that actually this is for the calendar. And this is because I love the heart's work. And I give this to the, to the media ministry as well. And the communications department in Christway Tabernacle. But let's bear in mind that in this season, a lot of people run themselves into all sorts of debts on things they want, not need. Avoid that. Don't rob God. It's not the season for deferring our tithes and our offerings until January. People talk about the January month being the most horrible month for most people. It's an exciting month for me. It's the beginning of a new year. But it's because a lot of people run out debts. Don't spend money you don't have. And in economic terms, allow more injections than leakages. Yes? So that your individual GDP. I've written the exams now so I can say it as much as I like. I was doing global macroeconomics. Well, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. But when we link ourselves into God's economy, when we link ourselves into God's economy, we know it's about giving and keeping our focus on the Lord. 
knowing that whoever gives heed to instruction prospers. And God is not a man that he should lie. Neither is he the son of man that he will change his mind. I've overrun my time this morning, but simply because some people did not remember Isaiah 14, 24. So I blame you. You know, it's always a nice thing. You just look for someone else to blame. Actually, the reason is because I've been given end since and I refuse to listen to them because I wanted to get a message across this morning. I hope you've managed to get something from this morning. I trust you have. If you have, let's rise up together and thank God for that which God has been able to impart into your life. Able to impart into your life. Able to impart into your life. I must have mentioned today there's something I would have said today that would have struck a chord with you. God says that you should not cast away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward, for you have need of patience that after you have done his will, you obtain the promise. God has decided that he has spoken concerning you that the things that he has sown, the things that he has planned, so it will, the things that he has purposed, they will stand. I don't know what circumstance it is in your life, or the things that you have allowed to come up in your life that will dissuade you or you will cause you to lose focus. It's not a time of losing focus. We need to stay focused on the Lord because our, our, our focus is to, is, to, is to enter into the fullness of what God has planned and promised and purposed to our lives. I don't know what things in your life are trying to contend with what God has said. What is the Goliath that you have allowed to, to take preeminence in your life? God is a God of all situations. Our God is a God in every circumstance. He remains the same. He remains the same. He does not change. He's an unchanging father. His plans and his purposes are sure. He says when we call upon him, he will answer us. He says when we call upon him, he would answer us. He will show us great and mighty things. He says for us that in everything we should give him thanks. For this is his will concerning us in Christ Jesus. What circumstance in your life have you allowed to weigh you down? What things in your life are you seeing as half empty when they should be half full? Look at it right now and begin to declare, Lord, I want to see things from your perspective. I want to see things from the way in which you have ordained. Help me, Father God, to keep my eyes on you. Looking on to Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Thank God this morning for that which he has revealed unto you in his word. For God is not a man that he should lie. Father, we give you praise and we thank you this morning. We exalt you, Lord God. We exalt you, Lord God. We exalt you, our Father and our God. We praise your name, Father. We praise your name, our Lord and our God. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Blessed be your holy name, our Lord and our God. Father, we give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. Just thank God this morning. Thank God this morning. Thank God this morning. Father, we thank you. Lord, we bless your name for revealing your mind to us this morning. Our Father, we go for in the strength of this word. We are that you will perfect everything that concerns us this week in Jesus' name. Every grace that we need for our assignment this week we will receive in Jesus' name. We declare, O oh God, that in this week you will remember us. For those who are sick, you will remember us with healing. For those who are trusting you for open door, Lord, heaven shall be opened in Jesus' name. Thank you, Heavenly Father. That when we shall gather in the course of this, we will have a testimony. And your name will be glorified. If there is anyone that is sick this morning, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we command healing in Jesus' name. For every heart that is holy this morning, receive encouragement in Jesus' name. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Praise the Lord. Let's have